Hello and welcome to Casual Conversations hosted by a mediocre person. The only show on the internet that asks the big questions such as what is an otaku? Who is the best waifu? And how do I get a girlfriend in real life? Ah. Jokes are funny. Um, so... <laughs> it's funnier when you messed it up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how we go. Joining me for today's podcast are two very special guests. Our first guest is Georgia Santa Caterina from Georgia Costumes, an award-winning costumer and cosplay ambassador. She is a graduate from the West Australian Academy of Performing Arts in Costuming, the same university that taught the likes of Heath Ledger, Descartes Montgomery, and Hugh Jackman. Georgia has won several costume competitions at a national level and was even the Australian representative at the World Cosplay Summit in Japan back in 2018. Our second guest is Cora from Mercat Cosplay, a notable name here in Western Australia who has been cosplaying since 2009 and gaming even longer. She is a big League of Legends fan, cosplaying several characters from the franchise, such as Jinx, Spirit Blossom, Pool Party, and Star Guardian Ari, Red Riding and Reverse Annie, and Order of the Banana Soraka. But her most notable achievement was in 2017 when she won the Riot Games Oceanic Cosplay Competition with a full-bodied Kindred Cosplay. Thank you both for joining me today. Sup. Uh, starting off the bat, I know you guys are big names within the cosplay community here in WA. Um, how is 2020 treating you both so far? Big loaded question there. Well, basically, as a creator, it's it's ups and downs. All creators usually have um, a lot of steam when they start making things. And I think with everything happening in 2020, it's really put a big roadblock. And a lot of people just kind of are not in the mood to create. So some people have been pushing through that. I have personally taken a break and I'm only just starting to get back into creating because I just was too overwhelmed with everything happening in the world to want to function properly like a normal human being. I think a lot of people like myself rely on conventions as like your motivating timeline. Mm. And so you have that date and you have that reward at the end. And when you're making something, you're like, I can't wait to wear this with all my friends and, and hang out. And if you don't have that to look forward to, you almost don't want to make a costume because you have nowhere to wear it. That's right. No, you have that uh, you have that reward at the end. And you also have a timeline to work to. So if you say the convention's in X amount of days, you know, you can allocate time to make things, but because everything's been up in the air and a lot of conventions have also cancelled last minute as well, it's been this kind of will they, won't they scenario and then you don't end up making anything. I'm really envious of people that are really motivated to put stuff online Mm. because I'm not. But at the same time, I think this is a very interesting time and I mean that in the worst possible way, (laughs) the word interesting, but I think people have to be a lot kind to themselves as well there's this huge um, pressure to constantly put things out especially when you're trying to um, beat the algorithms in social media as well that you have to constantly put things out and in something like this um, a lot of people think oh you know that whole diamonds are formed under pressure thing but at the same time you also have to think that dough rises when you let it rest so different mm. things motivate different people as well. And sometimes people just need to give themselves a little bit of a break and then come back better or not come back at all, depending on what they want to do. But it is what it is at the moment. I like how the one costume that I did make this year was just for a photo shoot, but I had the best time making it because I didn't feel the pressure to make it perfect. Mm, that's right. And I made it in a week with a lot of hot glue. 
That's <laughs> that's the same photo shoot uh, time that I did my Sakura costume as well. And I had a lot of fun making it. And it was a really short time frame as well. But I think that brought back a lot of joy in a very dark time. And you just have the, that feeling back of like, yeah, I'm making something. I'm proud of what I'm making, but I don't feel the pressure to make it perfect because mm. it's going to be on camera and it's going to be with my close friends and not with 20,000 random people at a con. Mm, that's right. From what you said, uh, Cora, uh, about this idea that when you're doing your cosplay for this year, you didn't have a lot of pressure and you didn't have a lot of pressure sort of put on you. Would you say that the product that you produced this year because you had more time to it was of a higher quality or was it about the same sort of standard as some of the other stuff given the same like set amount of time that you had beforehand? No way. It was garbage quality. <laughs> but that was because I didn't need it to hold up and I I didn't really plan to wear it again and I didn't need anyone to look at it. Like literally it was entirely hot glue because it was just for a photo shoot mm. so the effort that I put into it was a lot less than I normally would for that reason but I also had a better time making it because I didn't feel like it had to be perfect okay so it was more enjoyable without the pressure but less effort or commitment I guess yeah due to that it was okay. a lot less effort but I had more fun okay I think your costume came out beautiful and you looked wonderful in it but um a lot of the time <laughs> Uh, a lot of cosplayers get into this um, hyperfixation that their costume needs to be absolutely perfect and then they lose a lot of joy. But there's also a lot of interesting fun to make something last minute. People probably scream at me for saying that as well. No, I, I had a lot of fun making my costume as well, even though I had a really short time frame. But I didn't cut any corners because I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why we're such good friends. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, we've already spoken about how 2020 has been so far within the cosplaying uh, year. The fact that it hasn't been great. There's been a lot of conventions that sort of gone under uh, in a sense. Um, and there's only been really one, like you said, one sort of big shoot or uh, moment that you can actually express yourself in a cosplay sort of area. Prior to this year, what has been the normal cosplaying year for you both then? Walk us through your process. Well, I guess like we'd normally have about three big cons over the year sort mm. of spread out at least. And then there's like a couple of small events like here and there. But I mean, it depends on if you travel interstate or not. Because in WA, we've got a few, but if you're the kind of person that travels over east to go to the others as well, then you definitely have more. Like I'm supposed to be at PAX right now. Mm. No, a lot of... Um a lot of um, interstate and overseas conventions have cancelled, obviously for good reasons. I was um, the Supernova cosplay ambassador, so I was actually going to be going on tours, multiple tours to different supernovas um, across the country. So um, I'd done the first half of my tour last year, and I was supposed to be doing the other half of my tour this year, and also handing off the ambassador mantle I guess that's something you'd say the ambassador mantle to someone else but obviously all the supernova conventions have postponed or cancel and at the moment it's a little bit up in the air so when I was on my last tour that was actually when the COVID pandemic had started so it was kind of, and I was in Sydney at the time so it was kind of a race for us to get back and quarantine and make sure that everything was okay and then as soon as I got back everything just kind of exploded so, I mean, great timing, but it's been it's been difficult because this was kind of my first real foray into going interstate as a cosplay guest and, you know, making connections and talking to people and being part of the cosplay community to help other people as well. So that's really affected me because I had all these plans to make all these costumes for all these set times and now that's kind of up in the air. So, yeah, same, even though I wouldn't have been doing the same type of thing like PAX this year I really wanted to make Star Guardian Nico and take that 
And now that it's at the time where PAX would have been, it's like, wow, I, I would have spent most of this year making that costume, one that I really, really want to make, but I want that event to take it to as well. That's right. You don't have the... You don't have the set time to say, okay, I have X amount of months to make this because then you, you end up losing motivation. You lose steam and you say, well, now that I don't have something to look forward to to take this to, I don't know when I want to start it. Mm. To, to play devil's advocate in that case, is there no reason for you to sort of make the cosplay now and just sort of post the images of them online or then have the sort of cosplay and stuff in advance so that when the next con happens, you don't have to stress about making a new one. You've already got that one sort of pre-made for you. Well, I think some people do enjoy posting things online, but I'm more of a physically social person. So for me, I don't get, a, I guess a lot of people get that like dopamine response from (laughs) seeing how many people view their image or comment on it whereas like that I don't get that so much from social media for me it's being in person and having a stranger come up to you and they're like I love this game or that's my favorite or um oh who do you main um like when you're in character or you see other people in costumes that are from the same thing that you're cosplaying from and then you get to go up to them and talk to them about it and have a photo together and that's the entire thing that really is enjoyable with cosplay for me especially places like PAX where it's not a big cosplay con but I like cosplaying at it and then playing games with other people that like the same things that I like even if we don't know each other whereas online I don't feel that same feeling Mm -hmm. I don't get that same reward response from posting images, which is probably why I'm not that I'm not on social media like as much as some people are, like posting all the time. I think um, it's a very good question. Uh, it's I think the answer is different for everyone. Some people uh, like Cora love the social interaction face to face. Some people um, like, for example, Kamui cosplay. She's a great online ambassador for costumes. She does a lot of uh, online. She has a huge online presence. She has an online shop. Uh, she does tutorials, things like that. Personally, for myself, I would say it's a bit of both because I do love a lot of the social interaction face to face as well. Um, I'm not a huge social media uh, person because I am just quite lazy, to be honest. Me. <laughs> but at the same time, um, I can also understand that there's still a lot of work that has to get into making a costume and then doing your hair and makeup and doing your wig and then um, organizing a photo shoot, whether it's be whether it's with someone else like a photographer and scouting a location or setting up um, a photo shoot location in your own home. Because a lot of people also don't have things that you can take photos with. Like uh, obviously everyone has their phone and some people have a camera as well. But sometimes you need lights, you need backdrops, you need, you know, props, things like that to make a location rather than saying, here's my beautiful costume in my kitchen in front of my refrigerator. So <laughs> I think some people also are motivated by competition. Yeah, I, I think different Well, different things motivate different people as well. Some people love the competition side. Some people love just going to a convention and using that as, you know, a social place to hang out with their friends and, you know, meet new people and get excited about things that they all love. Like, for example, PAX, you know, I've always wanted to go to PAX. I love video games, but I've never just had the chance to think about going to PAX. But that's definitely something I'd love to do. Um, 
and some people are just in it for uh, because they want to become a bigger social media presence as well. So it's a pretty broad question, but yeah, you definitely see the people currently that are still making things, still posting and mm. and stuff like that. But there's nothing wrong with e- with either thing. Whether yeah. you want to take a break and look after yourself mentally and physically, or whether you want to keep yourself motivated and keep you know bringing out costumes as well as long as you do it in a healthy way and you do that so it doesn't affect you negatively or affect other people negatively by making them think that if they don't put out content they're being lazy or they're being you know okay so it sounds for you guys anyway it sounds more like the essence of cosplay and getting dressed up and doing the whole uh, crafts and stuff it's more than just looking good or embracing that culture it is a lot of fan interaction about meeting people who appreciate the same thing and sort of engaging with them would that be sort of accurate well i think it's a definitely a social hobby absolutely like, mm-hmm. we have huge group chats of just us talking about things that we make and costumes that we like or things we see online and I think if I didn't have anyone to share it with regardless of whether or not it was in person or online I wouldn't find the same enjoyment from the hobby. Absolutely no uh, I think uh, one of the best things about cosplaying you don't even have to necessarily cosplay the same thing with people Um, when we did the photo shoot together our costumes were completely different and no one really had the same series the same costume but we all went there we all had a great time we all bought nice food and had a little picnic and it was just the fact that you you get to you get to share this love of this hobby with your friends and say you know hey I love your costume and they say oh I love your costume back and then you just kind of um it's it's a real dopamine hit to just be able to go out and see your friends and enjoy yourself but it's also cosplay is a lot of hard work as well there's so much that goes into it um not only just the crafting but also the wearing sometimes people have this you know huge armor builds or they have you know corsetry or they have a costume that they can barely walk in so that's very uh, physically taxing as well and if you're in this kind of uncertain time where you know um you're you're very mentally emotionally and physically drained you know, cosplay can take up even more of a of a toll on you than normal. So I always advise to people that if you don't have the spoons for it, you know, it's okay to step back. You know, no one's holding a gun to your head and saying you have to cosplay this right now. Mm. Um, but a lot of people are feeling the pressure that, you know, if they don't, you know, post online, they're going to become obsolete. Okay. So then what made you turn it from just uh, an everyday sort of hobby into sort of more of a competitive level? For me, I like to challenge myself. I like to look at a competition and say, you know, what can I do my best on? But if I just want to make something out of hot glue, I still will. Like I don't have that line where I feel like I always have to meet that bar. But sometimes if I do feel like I want to meet that top tier bar, then I would go and enter a competition with it, especially if it's something that has a good outcome. Like when I went to PAX with Riot, it was one of the most fun times ever. And it wasn't just like, oh, here's the quality of my great costume. It was also experiencing being with the staff members and and the other people that were there like there's things that you get to experience in a competition level that you just don't see anywhere else Hmm. no uh, competitions uh, aren't for everyone but as far as i can remember uh there's always been competition in cosplay and it's not it's not a bad thing you know competitions basically make you push your limits and they take you out of your comfort zone especially if you say you know i really want to learn how to make armor or learn how to make weapons you know i if i stayed in my comfort zone um, and never entered competitions i wouldn't have had the amazing experience to go to japan and represent you know my home country in a in a hobby that i love and meet all these amazing people from all over the world that are now my 
amazing friends mm. you know um competitions really you know they they push you to strive to become better at your craft uh some people have unhealthy um ideas about competitions saying you know if i don't win you know then it's all for nothing which i don't think is a very healthy outlook as well because even if you don't win a competition you still you still have made this fantastic costume mm. you know and there's nothing wrong with not winning i mean if you win that's fantastic you know great for you you've you've done something amazing but even if you don't win you still have taken all that hard work and created a beautiful masterpiece of costume you've still you know given yourself all this amazing experience and you've still have given um given yourself a lot of courage to get up on stage as well because it, it does need you do need a lot of courage to be scrutinized by judges and you know i've unfortunately not unfortunately but i've become a long time judge because obviously of my long time experience and also my professional training at wapa and the fact that i was doing a lot of professional things as well in costume areas uh which is great but at the same time it means that i haven't been able to compete in a lot of competitions myself which i would really like to do again someday <laughs> that would be nice I find sometimes with a competition it's also like the motivator or the reason to do something that I wouldn't normally do. Like when I made my Ari Tales it was like, oh, "Okay, I can do this because I'm going to enter a competition with it because it's not really viable to wear that anywhere." Mm. <laughs> no, they they definitely make you push your limits. Yeah. It's like, "Oh, I really want to make these huge nine tails like with lights and everything in there and the competition is the reason to make it. Yeah, it's something I really want to do, but this gives me almost like an excuse. <laughs> That's right. No, I remember I entered this competition with my friends years ago and we cosplayed Chrono Trigger, which is one of those really old I I, yeah. I loved it. And like I loved Chrono Trigger, but I was like, oh, all my friends have already I already cosplayed the people that I want to cosplay. I don't really have anyone that can cosplay. And one of them turned around and just jokingly said, oh, do the giant robot. And I said, yeah, I'll do a giant <laughs> robot. And then, you know, two months later, I made a giant robot. <laughs> and I was on stage thinking like, what am I doing in this giant robot? But it was, it, that was, that stays with me as one of my fondest memories because you know we we went on stage and we just did a performance and it was so much fun even though i almost broiled to death in this <laughs> portable sauna <laughs> i remember seeing you with the arms like this yeah i just i just couldn't move in that and then someone started a conga line oh, no. and, I, and i was in the robot with limited movement and i couldn't see anything and the conga line smashed into me and i just kind of rolled away <laughs> Um, that was a good time. <laughs> good times. So going back, uh, off what you said then, uh, Georgia, about this idea of you know your own craft or even challenging yourself as cosplayers, would you say that you have your own style or your own um, methods of when you do your cosplay itself? Because I know that for Cora, it seems like a lot of your your cosplay seem to be very like cloth or fabric based. I think it depends on what your strengths are, but like I actually hate sewing. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I love sewing. <laughs> I hate I hate sewing. I hate lining. I hate trying to get stitches straight. Um, that's the kind of thing that really frustrates me. And what I like is wigs and resin and embellishments and things like that that I can do as well, or painting, which is probably my strength. But I have to have a base to do the things that I actually like doing and the things that I know I'm good at. I need something to paint if I'm going to paint. Yeah, you it. need you need something to cover your bits with. <laughs> yes, yeah, I do. So I don't know. It's less for me. I don't really pick costumes that I know that I do well on. I just pick characters that I like. Okay. Mm. A lot of people work to their strengths as well. Like I am not good at armor, and I would love to 
make a character with armor as well but at the same time I haven't really found a character that I like or that appeals to me as much to work on it because cosplay isn't just you look at something and you say oh that's really cool I'm gonna make it and then three days later it's done I wish that was the case But um, when you make something that's really big, especially if you're entering into a competition, it's weeks, sometimes months and months of work. When I did my World Cosplay Summer uh, costume, even though that was primarily cloth based, that took me almost six months just to make that that costume because there was so many you know different details that had to go into it and I really wanted it to be absolutely perfect so um, yeah everyone works to their own strengths but um, going back to what we were saying about competitions competitions push you to to go over your comfort zone because some competitions they judge you on or they they judge you on all sorts of different things but some competitions are saying you know well how many techniques are you including because you can have this beautiful giant ball gown but if all your technique is just sewing based then you're going to be scored lower than a a costume that has multiple techniques okay okay that's good then so going off that idea in that case Mm. if for someone who's looking to go from just your everyday run-of-the-mill cosplay stuff into that competitive level what sort of advice would you then give to someone who's looking to sort of challenge themselves practice definitely practice (laughs) and try stuff out before it being like your final go. So not just like mock-ups, which I almost never make because I just can't be bothered making two of the same thing, but but, but, but trial stuff first. But you're, you're, so, you're so beautiful and everything looks so good oh, on you anyway. Thank you. <laughs> but if you want to go, okay, I want to do resin casting, which mm-hmm. is something that I'm quite like strong in, so I know what I'm doing with resin. But if you pick up resin for the first time, especially like two-part resin, you almost don't know what you're doing with it. Mm. So you do need to kind of trial it out, use different pigments, see what happens when you put glitter in. or And if your mold doesn't work out, you're going to have to start over. But you can't just... Yeah, there's trial and error. Like you can't just go into like a like a pro level or a competition level and just think that you're going to get it right the first time. Mm. No, uh, that's a lot of uh, I see that a lot as a judge, especially in bigger competitions, because people think, okay, I uh, well, one of the things, the most important things, is to read the competition description because sometimes they'll say, you know, you have to have a minimum of X amount of techniques. Right, so a lot of the time people don't even they don't tick that first box because they don't read the. So they're just going with what they think it will work rather than like the bare essentials. That's right. Yes. Okay. But another thing, um, same with what Cora was saying, is that you have to, especially if it's a new technique, you have to practice it and you have to kind of get better at it because you can't just pick up something and immediately expect to be good at it. I wish that was the case with me. I immediately get frustrated when I pick up something that I've never had any experience in, and I think, why am I not immediately good? at it you know which is very unrealistic but I've seen a lot of people that think okay well I want to have a really intricate costume for a competition so I'm going to put 30 techniques into it and none of them are good oh, no. because they've, they've never practiced the technique before putting it on their final costume mm. so sometimes a really amazing costume with fewer techniques but they're all done flawlessly will win over a costume that has you know 80 techniques and all of them are done badly mm. you know you can't say oh I used this really expensive resin if, you know, it, it's not even cured and it's all melty all over your costume. Or you it's can't got say, bubbles. Oh, it's got bubbles. 
bubbles or, you know, the LEDs are sticking out of it. Or you can't say, you know, I, um, I don't know, uh, I wefted my own hairline on my wig and then it looks like, you know, rubbish as compared to pre-bought wig or something like that. Just because someone uses a technique doesn't automatically mean that it's going to score higher on me because as a judge, I am a little bit pickier when it comes to what I think looks good. So it's, it's different case by case basis, but um, I'll give you a great example um, of uh, cosplay that did fewer techniques but they were done amazingly in one of the supernova odyssey competitions there was um her name was plump and pretty she's an amazing cosplayer she's adorable but she's a wonderful cosplayer and she did elsa's costume from the frozen 2 movie and if you just think about it off the top of your head you think oh elsa that's not a very difficult costume you know it wouldn't score higher than say someone who's made a full suit of armor but i went and i looked at this costume close up and every stitch of it was flawless not only was it tailored amazingly to her body because she'd hand beaded it as well and she had done the the front panels were beaded in gradients so she had hand beaded you know lighter beads at the top going to darker at the bottom all by hand and these tiny little techniques were all done so flawlessly that I was swept away by how beautiful it looked I was thinking oh my god I I want to marry this costume you know (laughs) (laughs) okay so it's more of the quality over the quantity in that sort of regard then so that's like an example of doing something that you're really good at to an extreme level but being confident with it knowing what you're doing Mm. you know and it's not to say that you can't try new techniques when you do cosplay because when I did WCS that was my first foray into doing like really big wigs and I also have a lot of experimental techniques in my costume that I'd never done before so making these anti-gravitational sleeves or putting you know hat buckram in a skirt things like that but it worked out in the end but there is a lot of trial and error and you have to practice a lot to make it look good. And don't take the stress of a competition to try something new if you don't want that pressure. Mm. Mm. That's right a lot of people fall into that pit where they say oh this is a competition I'm going to try I don't know armor for the first time and because armor is such a difficult thing to get right especially when you there's also a lot of difficulty because you compare yourself to a lot of people online because everything is online now you can yeah. you can look at say uh, Kinpatsu cosplay who's amazing with foam armor and you can say well why doesn't mine look like this person who's had so many years of, of uh, trying this armor as well like the Homer Simpson holding up the barbecue saying <laughs> (laughs) That's a nice looking barbecue. Why doesn't mine look like that? I don't compare your like Kmart foam and your $2 poster paint to someone's like expensive dense foam and, you know, professional car spray paint. Like, or, you know, airbrushes and things like that. Yeah. Like sometimes you just can't have everything. Mm. Do your best with what you have. Mm. So it's more like don't compare yourself to the people online or in these big competitions. Aspire to be like them. Like, push yourself to be at that level rather than just judging yourself too harshly, I guess. Like, don't feel like you need to, if you do want to enter like a competition and be like, you know, I want to push myself and I want to achieve something really good, but don't feel like you have to pull out all of the big stops just to get there. Mm. And another thing is that you you shouldn't compare yourself to people, but you also shouldn't say things like, I want to beat X person. Because even though it's a competition, you're kind of pitting yourself against someone in a negative way. It's not so much as saying, I want to beat X person is... I want to be the best version of myself that I can in this costume. Turn Um, it into a positive experience. That's exactly right. One of the things that I wanted to talk about today was this idea of cosplay being digital Mm. with the fact that we can't do a lot of competitions in person or, you know, touching other people's physical, uh, like, cosplay or props or things like that. That's not an option. Um, This year, they actually decided to do their first digital one via a Zoom call. 
um, and I know that you were quite interested in this, Georgia, and you mm. sort of you were somehow part of it. If if I remember correctly? Well, I've actually judged a couple of different competitions in different ways as well. So I've done uh, Zoom core competitions and I've also done uh, video competitions as well where people have submitted their portfolios and videos for me to judge separately. Mm-hmm. So I've done a... It's, it's been very interesting. In terms of judging a costume, it's difficult once, as you said before, uh, it's difficult that I can't physically go there and flip a seam or things like that. Mm. So I'm limited to what I can see as a judge. But because I've had so many years in making cosplay and so many years in judging, I know what to look for as well. So if someone um, submits their portfolio to me, I can discern a lot of information from just the portfolio alone. And then the video is an interesting um, format in how to present the costume because it also can work for and against someone. If Someone takes a really good video that shows me all angles of the costume and they're in character and they prance around the forest or, you know, do something that is in character. I can say, oh, you know, now I can see what the costume should look like in its, you know, in its home environment. But then if someone takes a really grainy photo or or video on their webcam in a dark room, that works against them as well. So making these competitions online has a lot of pros and cons. Obviously, the pro is that people can still enter competitions online, but the con is that you have to put a lot more effort into presenting your costume to the judges rather than rocking up and saying, here I am, you know, look at me, (laughs) witness me. (laughs) I wonder if you just like, with a like a video competition mm. what if i just like print stuff out pictures and then just sort of like glue it on as long as i don't turn you wouldn't really notice right? so, i mean like, you know you that that is like a... A, a picture of the cosplay itself yeah like would, of, yeah, like would... photos of armor pieces just like placed <laughs> along my front and then i'll be like look at my really cool foam and painting work i mean that would you know that would be fantastic and i would pay to see that i would pay actual money so i mean <laughs> but, speaking but, we had a bit of a conversation earlier about um cora and you submitting some of your applications online as well you made a makeshift kitty cat katarina cosplay very very low budget but very <laughs> extravagant can you, you t- low tell budget, us about the story meaning no budget <laughs> yeah but that was almost like a meme at the, like <laughs> it was it was for it was for a riot world stream but no, I used my cat as the, the top because I, I had fur, but I thought it'd be funnier if I used my actual cat for my kitty cat, Katarina. No, there's something <laughs> fun about putting together a whatever costume and taking a photo in just the right angle to try and display what you've got. I had like a belt around my sh- top as her straps and just drew on my face with eyeliner. <laughs> To be honest, um, when you judge competitions, you have a lot of work to do. And sometimes the judging can go on for a long time. And it's very arduous and, you know, you get very tired and you get very, you know, serious about things. So sometimes I will score higher things that just genuinely make me laugh. So uh, recently I had the singer competition that I had to judge online. A lot of people submitted uh, their videos and there were so many great entries, but one entry that still stands out in my head is uh, there were these two girls and they were cosplaying from the Marvel Universe and one, one girl was cosplaying Thor and she's just standing on a hill with her hand out and there's this you know epic Marvel music and then I'm waiting for it, watching this video thinking what's going to happen yeah. and, and they're standing in a big school oval and it cuts to uh, a Mjolnir on the other side of the oval and this head just pops out of the Mjolnir and it made me laugh out loud because I wasn't <laughs> expecting it. And the whole video, which was about a minute and a half, was just a, a wide angle of this 
Mjolnir just slowly running across the oval <laughs> to Thor, who's sticking her hand out with this huge, swelling, epic Marvel music in the background. And that just made me laugh so hard. How, in that Even, regards, as a judge then, what did you oh, give this? I mean, the, the costumes were good. They, so they weren't the best costumes in the competition, which, you know, is sad because unfortunately the competition, you know, is scored on making costumes as well but uh it scored very highly in entertainment factor okay so I, I really wish that there had been more prizes that i could have given out a um a special mention or you know or say you know you guys are amazing it was such a good break to see all these serious costumes and serious cosplays and then just get this so it seems like in order to really stand out in the the competition is to just have that personality to be different in some sort of degree absolutely and it's i think it's difficult because you know some people do want to act in character but sometimes they're cosplaying an angry serial killer who doesn't say anything Mm. and when they go on stage and they act like that that's less entertaining and more like oh cringy I don't want to say cringy, but at the same time, you know, if if your character doesn't say anything and you don't say anything, or you kind of think, okay, well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I just remember this. Um, sometimes when people unintentionally make me laugh, that's that's even better as well. I was at this competition, and this person has co- had cosplayed uh, death or a demon or something really scary, and they came on stage in this huge lumbering creepy costume I was thinking oh my god this is amazing and they get to the mic and they're like oh hey how's it going <laughs> there was this tiny cute little voice inside and I was thinking oh my god this is amazing you know so I, th- I think as long as you know um you keep the audience entertained and you keep the judges entertained you know that's going to score you higher than just you know coming on stage with this beautiful costume and then just kind of standing there like a sack of potatoes Okay. So speaking of big lumbering characters in that case, mm. for you guys, when you sort of decide what sort of cosplay you're going to be choosing, how do you go about doing that? What What is the big like <laughs> line between going for like an old favorite, which everyone enjoys, say from like Dragon Ball Z or Sailor Moon versus a new character, which is like the hot topic, the, the keen thing? I'm like entirely impulsive when it comes to like choosing costumes. I run mm. through a whole reel of things usually and like something coming up shortly and then me being like, oh, I want to make this to actually commit to it. But I just will have a list of like a hundred things that I want to do. But it's a, like a time versus want type of factor. Like I'm not going to make something big and fancy that I don't want to make. Mm. If I want to make something big and fancy, yeah, sure, I'll do that. But it's because I want to do it, not because... You have to have the motivation behind it. Yeah. You know, as I, as I was saying earlier, a cosplay isn't just, you know, a two-day commitment. Well, sometimes it is, but then you hate yourself. <laughs> it, is, it is if you're me. <laughs> also me. But um, sometimes, uh, you know, when you make a really big elaborate costume, it can be weeks or months of work. And now I have a very... Because I'm an older cosplayer, I'm, you know, I'm old man river <laughs> of cosplay i've been cosplaying for almost 16 years now oh, wow so oh wow. my god i just oh, just saying that out loud makes me existential crisis, <laughs> existential crisis. so you would have but, been uh, around like during the start of conventions as a whole was coming to wa back in like exactly 2004 right. 2005 yep i i helped set up the first y the first one because <laughs> that was at what the it was at one of the universities that originally, was, wasn't it? That was at Murdoch University, Murdoch, yeah. which is the university I was attending at the time. <laughs> um, but I, before I used to be like, oh, you know, I really want to cosplay this new thing because I used to watch anime and read manga as it came out more recently. And now I'm just kind of, uh, I'm, I'm also impulsive. If I see something that I really love and I think, oh, this is great, you know, I'll do it. But now I have a, a list of things that I 
check through before I want to make a costume and is and it's a is it going to be something that I, I'm going to love to make b is it going to be wearable all day c can I go to the bathroom if I need to by myself or get in and out of it by myself and d am I going to have fun making it and wearing it and seeing people in it yeah and I think there's a lot of people that will sit there and they'll look at a, a con coming up possibly and be like hmm what do I want to cosplay for this thing I don't really have that I have like oh which of my 40 ideas do I want to make yeah. for this thing <laughs> it's almost like a fight over all the things that I want to make in my life and the amount of time <laughs> I've got left there are 40 wolves inside of you <laughs> it's like oh shit I'm almost 30 I need to stop cosplaying school children yeah <laughs> oh what a mood <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, you who just cosplayed a 12 year old girl leave, leave me <laughs> alone <laughs> but at the same time um you know obviously if you want to enter a competition you want to make something that's really impressive and you'll be really happy with but and, and there's nothing wrong with people who you know bring out a costume every month or bring out a costume every couple of weeks but I am not at that age where I can do that anymore because I, I've had so much experience behind me that now I can't put out a costume that is is subpar to what I could make you know, sometimes I can make something and just say, yep, that's good enough. But I want to be happy with stuff that I make now, which means that I'm more discerning with what I decide to cosplay. Okay. So let's go back a little bit in time and talk about originally when, when cosplay was signed to make the rounds here in WA and just Australia as a whole. How did you both get into cosplay originally? What set that up for you? <laughs> I went to the origin story. The yeah. first Supernova, which was in 2008, and I saw uh, two Sailor Moon cosplayers. There was a Sailor Moon and a Sailor Mars. I, I also don't know who they were. I, I don't know if they're still like in the community at all, but there was like a photo I took with just them, and I was just like stoked because it was like this was the first time I'd seen like cosplay. And like as a kid, I used to like dress up with like my school skirt and like a Christmas bow on my chest because Sailor Moon was my favorite thing of all time tie my hair up and everything and when I started to find like the other Sailor Scouts like the later ones and like Saturn's my favorite then like I wanted to cut my hair like her and things like that Aww. but in 2008 yeah I saw um like yeah a pair of Sailor Moon cosplayers and I was like I I need to do that like I need to be a Sailor Moon character like I, I have to have this in my life and then it was just downhill from there. <laughs> and that's I, where it started. Yeah, and I just started, I've just bought, um, I bought stuff online. Um, I think like the first costume I actually did was uh, Mocha from Soul Eater. Oh yeah, and I remember that. Yeah, Aww. I had like a um, like tartan skirt that I bought that was not the right color. So I dyed it red myself. Uh, my grandma knitted me a vest. Aww. Um, I had help making the scythe and everything, which I painted myself, but I had someone cut out the wood for me. And I was so proud of the shoes that I make. She has these like stupid belt buckly type shoes. Mm, anime shoes. Yeah. And so I bought shoes from an op shop and some belts that I painted with acrylic paint white. And then I glued them all on myself and everything like with Tarzan's grip because. How old were you when you did this in that case? Oh, I would have been like 17, 18. Wow. That's, yeah. That's so, a lot for a 17 year old to do. Yeah. So I would have been like 17, 18, but like I was so motivated to like make this costume. And I had friends as well that were also from the same series and we were very like DIY. But in that time, like you think 2008, 2009, there was not the resources that we have now. Absolutely mm. not. No. I just had to do everything however I felt. You know, I had the shiniest eBay wig that cost me like $50. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you're, give, you're giving me PTSD, PTSD. flashbacks. <laughs> but like, I was so proud of it. I was so proud of it. And yeah. 
nowadays you have so much you know you can get so much online and you have so many tutorials and youtube oh videos God. and back pre-paid. in my day <laughs> <laughs> no back in my day there was nothing like we had to oh. figure shit out for ourselves well my first costume was in 2004 and um now that i think about it anime's always kind of been in my life because i was i was born in italy mm. so um when i was a little kid i would watch you know the cartoons on tv and i would watch sailor moon and lupin the third and saint seiya and i'd be old like school yeah yeah super old school stuff especially in italian which is you know even wilder and i'd be like hey, hey that's awesome you know <laughs> we rate us a neptune also cousins in italy <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I don't think I. It got that far in Italy, <laughs> but um. You know, I was watching all the cartoons, being like, "Hey, hey Sailor Moon, yeah, Saint Seiya, yeah." You know, which is crazy because Saint Seiya is not a children's anime. It's like I'm gonna beat your face off with my punches. I was like, "Cool." The same, but it's yeah. like Evangelion. Yeah, and you're like, "I'm four. Why am I watching this?" <laughs> Fly me to the moon. <laughs> um, but then um, I was at Murdoch Uni, and I was with some friends, and we were. We, were, um, we had our little anime club, which was, you know, every Saturday we'd watch, you know, anime. And then we were just like, hey, what if we organized a convention like they do in the States and in Japan? And we did. And that was the start of the end. <laughs> <laughs> and my first cosplay was um, Edward Elric from Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, wow. Jesus. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm laughing because I know what it looks like. I know. I, and I can't find any photos of it. Which Duh, is, there which was is back a, in the day. Yeah, but um, like, you know, back then there weren't any resources. eBay was just kind of getting off as mm. a thing. And um, nowadays people have it so easy. They have the cosplay tutorials and they, have, they can buy wigs that have clips in them. <laughs> you can poses. just buy patterns that someone else has already made for you. Can, you. you can buy the costume already made, you know. But I mean, yeah, buy But yeah, someone's like, hey, I want to make Edward Elric's, you know, automail arm. I can just, I can go to someone's Patreon and buy the, you know, support them and buy their pattern. But back then. You just then, lay it all out and then you cut it and put it together and it's kind of like done. Yeah. But like back but, in the day where we were back like. back in the day. You know, I had to go to Spotlight and find some old lady coat pattern that I had to modify myself. And then I was like, you know what? This is going to be my first cosplay. I'm going to make the automail arm. So I had to pattern that all. And there wasn't really that many reference images either. Yeah. So I had to like, you know, go through all the still frames in the anime. being going, no. And then I, I just remember I, I made this glove and I had to get my friend to cut all the things out of foam. And I covered them in fabric. And I was like, OK, I need you to glue this to my arm while I'm wearing the sock. Stick some super glue on there and whack it on. And I'm <laughs> sitting there like, why is my arm burning? Oh, no. I don't know. But, you know, that was me. I was young. I was baby. And, you know, I would still do it all over again. <laughs> but I mean, as early as like 2012. Mm. No, no. 2011, I think. Like as early as that, I was still hot gluing stuff to my skin. Jesus. Because Spirit gum probably existed, but, but we didn't, I couldn't but we find didn't know it. about that. Like, it was so crazy because w- when people started bringing out cosplay tutorials online, everyone was like, oh, my God. Like, you know, you had forums like cosplay.com, I think yeah. it was. Yeah. That people would share information. But a lot of the earlier cosplays, when you look back at them, it, it's, it's a different time because, you know, uh, the internet wasn't as big of a thing. You know, you didn't have online communities. You, you know, like you didn't DeviantArt. have. Yeah. You didn't have like a, like Instagram and Facebook pages and things that, you know, connect you to other people as well. So basically, you know, you look back at old photos and you think, ah, oh, everything looks garbage. But a lot of people did so well with what they had. They had limited resources, you know, and that's one of the things that 
to me as a judge nowadays, I still love when people are like, hi, I made this amazing thing out of an old paint bucket and a broken mop. And I'm like, holy crap, that's amazing, you know? <laughs> I'm still so proud of the things that I made, like the first few costumes or like the like first Sakura costume that I bought online yeah. and then got and it was way too big for me. It was way too long and... You know, I, I went through a lot of effort to, like, learn. my Like, my grandma taught me how to um, thread my sewing machine mm. so that I could shorten it and I could bring it in and I could make a new bow and things like that for it because I just wasn't happy with how it came. And that's how I first started to, like, make my own stuff mm. was by buying things and altering them. But I didn't even yeah. know how to alter something like that. I just guessed. Mm. Yeah, even if, uh, even if your first cosplays aren't always the best, there's a lot of, you know... Um, of like warm emotions you think back on it with fondness and you think oh you know this is what started me into a hobby that I love this is what got me into this group of friends that are you know my awesome friends nowadays you know and there's a there's a lot of fondness you know thinking back on my old costumes like I wouldn't I wouldn't wear them ever again we <laughs> laugh about it now but it's still like still close to our heart yeah exactly <laughs> you know the 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 platinum blonde Edward Elric wig that I had to get for like $80 that was like in, in a ladies yeah. wig shop you know that's still you know my first Sailor Saturn <laughs> cosplay that I bought on eBay and, and altered myself and I found purple boots and I couldn't get myself a wig so I just had my hair cut as close as possible it wasn't wow, good that's commitment that's commitment. Well, I mean, it wasn't really commitment because I didn't want to commit to having a blunt fringe at the time, which is funny because I now wear <laughs> a blunt fringe. But yeah, I didn't want to commit, so I just had a hairdresser cut just like a few little bits in front of my head. Um, well, going off that idea then, if this is going to be your first cosplay and mm. things you in mind, what advice would you give for newcomers? Because we spoke about sort of people... Don't cosplay. Like, no. your, like your first ever yeah, cosplay? Yeah, like if people are interested in cosplay who are, you know, 14, 15, whatever it is, what advice would you give them? for their very first cosplay? I'd say buy something. Yeah, I would say if it's your very, very first costume, pick a character that you love and a design that you love and buy it online. If it needs altering, then look up tutorials like how to alter or how to shorten skirts or how to bring something in or how to make a new bow, something like that. But mm. that will give you like the into cosplay without the overwhelming start of trying to make stuff from scratch if you just don't know how to already conventions are a big a big crazy time especially if you've never been to a convention before it's you know it's hot it's busy there's a lot of crowds there's you know a lot of things happening as well i would i would also recommend like starting small you know i i remember someone asking me once to teach them how to sew something and i would say okay you know when you first want to start sewing something start easy make like a pillowcase or make like a square you know um pencil holder out of something you know start small so you can get the very basics and the first costume they wanted to make was goddess madoka which is like such an advanced costume so um don't don't pick something that's way above your skill level because that discourages you when things don't work out yeah so i would say you know like cora said you know maybe buy something if you want to cosplay for the first time just so you can understand what cosplaying is you know, so you can get into the costume and get into the wig and be like, okay, do I like it? Yes or no? If I do like it, would I be more comfortable making something the next time, you know? Or like, like you know, maybe learn how to make maybe a small prop or maybe a little handbag that to go with it or maybe a little accessory, you know? Yeah. So start small and don't get discouraged by big names like, I don't know, Yaya Han. <laughs> Yaya Han's been cosplaying. For like literally 20 years. <laughs> yeah, she, she's like the cosplay mum of the world. Um, but you can't 
look at look at something and you know you've you've you're still in high school and say I want to make that because she's got so many years of experience as well behind her and it's not to say that some people don't have natural talent but all talent is acquired whether mm. it's you know through practice experience time you know doing it over and over and over again um funny story when i was in high school i hated sewing <laughs> wow i i it seems very familiar Same, to hear that story but i still hate sewing <laughs> yeah but i just i remember i was doing home economics and i had to make one of those um pot holders in the shape of a strawberry and it was just a really dumb project i didn't really like it that much and i got a tiny little crease in the loop on the top when i had to sew it together and the teacher marked me down and i was thinking you know what this is stupid i don't like <laughs> sewing anyway and i just <laughs> yeah fuck teachers am i right but yeah you get, you get better every single time yeah and then um so I was like, I will never sew again. And then two years later, I'm like, hello, <laughs> mother's sewing machine that she uses to sew my buttons and things. Yeah, back onto um, like starting fresh. Um, you you could buy costumes for your entire life, and it's fine. Like I still now will will buy a costume. Like mm. I just bought like KDA Ari as a base because some friends we want to do the photo shoot, and it got delayed because of. COVID was supposed mm. to do it a year ago. The uh, Backstreet Boys reunion tour. I was like, you're I was such like, a fucking. Sorry, I'm not going to interrupt you. <laughs> you're such a game grumps fan. Holy shit, this <laughs> is the <laughs> second time now you've made a game grumps. But you're holding up three fingers. <laughs> sorry, is that is that no, better okay, for you? It's better. Thank you, thank you. Sorry, Cara, you were uh, saying. What was I saying? Oh yeah, so I bought I bought KDA Ari and I bought the costume online because I didn't want to make it. Mm. I was like, I love Ari, she's one of my favourite characters ever, and I love KDA, I love the design. I just don't want to make it because I hate stretch fabrics, I hate sewing them, yeah. and I just was like, ugh, I don't want to do it. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to buy it. And I just bought it on AliExpress. <laughs> it came, it fits me well, and mm. I'm like, cool, I'm going to alter a few bits here and there to make it better, but... I'm just, I'm done. That's fine. Mm. It's good enough for me. (laughs) Hot take as a cosplay judge and a person who's been cosplaying for so long, um, buying costumes doesn't make you any less of a cosplayer. Exactly. There's a a huge... Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that's a massive, like, argument nowadays. There's a huge discourse online that, you know, people say, "Eh, if you buy your costume, you're not a real cosplayer. But you know what makes you a cosplayer? Wearing a costume. The The only line that I draw is buying a costume and entering it into a competition where you're supposed to make your own yes. costume. Mm. Like, obviously, there's parts of a costume that you can't make, like your shoes, or, you know, you can't make, I don't know, contact lenses, I don't know. but you can't make specific things, and that's fine. You, you get a leeway um, in competitions to a certain amount, saying, you know, you can't make something as intricate as, you know, shoes from scratch, so yeah, that's Just fine. be honest about it. Like, you know, no one's yeah. going to judge you for purchasing something. I don't judge myself for purchasing something. Yeah, Wait, like, I just bought a second costume online as well because yeah. we're doing a maid shoot. It's, like, for fate. Um, it's, oh. like, they all have these maid designs and they're all quite sexy and it's going to be, like, a full, like, lingerie-type photo shoot. And Ooh. there was a whole, <laughs> whole group together that my partner's in as well and then it turns out there was no, like, you know, like, main saber, Artoria. Mm. Mm. There was, n- she wasn't in it and I was like how do you guys not have like the main character of fate you know like the how most well-known you? character and they're like oh it just worked out that way and I was like well do you want sure I'll do mm. it so I bought the costume online it was like $80 but the reason I bought it instead of making it is because I don't even really like fate 
I'm just yeah. joining the group to fill in the hole for everyone else who does like it. But I'm not going to act like I know what the show is. I know what the games are. That I understand what the characters are yeah, or that wh- I even am passionate about it. Why put your time and money and effort into making something that you don't really care about? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. I was like, I'll you join know. the group to fill your hole, but I'm not going to pretend like I made it. I'm not going to pretend like I know what's going yeah. on. <laughs> see, see, that's something that really gets me when, when people buy something and it's very obviously bored and they just buy act like you made it. They act like they make it, whether it's lying by omission or just saying like, you know, I altered this like by saying like I turned up the hem one centimeter. Like that's still not making it. Yeah. I mean, well, like if it's you... altering it, that's fine. But you, you can't go around acting like, you know, I deserve this craftsmanship award for something that I bought. And I remember um, a great many years ago, this person entered this costume competition and they had this really great costume and they said, yep, I was making it. I made it. And they sent all these photos through. And I remember um, one of my friends was judging it being all like, this is very interesting. And then they did like a little bit of research and this person had bought someone else's costume. I think you're talking about me right now. No, no. No, no, not me wearing the costume, me being the judge. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're talking, you're talking about the same thing. That was me. (laughs) What, what? I, I was a judge for a competition where someone entered with a costume that looked very elegant and beautiful and really well made but it turns out it was made by somebody in the US yeah. that they oh, purchased right. from them and they, are, they asked for all these pictures to you know all these um, the, yeah. progress pictures I think some of them were even taken from their Facebook and yeah there yeah. was like progress pictures as well and we asked them specifically how they made something me and the other judges like how did you make this particular part and then they mm. gave us this full story about how they made it but then we found out the following day um, while the con was still on, we found out the following day that they hadn't made it at all. They'd purchased it from someone. How did you find out? In the internet. Duh. Oh. <laughs> found okay. out from the internet. But the World Wide Web. Um, it was quite it was quite alarming because it was like, oh, we're here saying, oh, we love this costume. How did you do this? And how did you do this? And it makes the people who do put the work in and it makes the person who made that costume lose all of their credit. Like if mm. you commission someone or you buy someone's costume, that's great because you're supporting someone else's yeah. artwork. You know, we've got a really great wig maker friend who makes amazing wigs. And mm. like if you commission a wig from her, all that I would want to do is just talk about how great her work is. Like I wouldn't want to claim it for myself. So exactly. I'd, I don't really know how people can do that. It really speaks on their character as well. But I remember that actually happened to me. I had this uh, garage sale and I sold a bunch of my costumes and I sold um, like, a, like a Toph costume from Avatar Last Airbender. I sold my Toph costume and I was like, yep, here you go. You know, and this person really, you know, really undercut my, uh, my effort and they, they haggled me for that costume and I sold it to them for way under what it was worth. Oh, no. But at the time I was, I was financially struggling. I was like, I need the money to pay my rent. So, you know, here's the costume. And then, um, you know, on your Facebook, when someone that you know likes a photo and it comes up on your yeah. timeline, even if you don't know this person, um, this person had taken my Toph costume and entered all these online competitions with it without crediting me. And I messaged her back saying, hey, Fuck you, know, you. I, was, I was saying, you know, hey, this isn't good. Like, this is my costume that I made. You haven't even altered it. You know, you're entering these competitions. That's not something that you're supposed to do. And basically she set a whole bunch of her friends on me to like message me and saying like, it was a big like giant circle joke, you know, but they were basically saying, um, uh, now that I had sold this costume, I had, because I didn't make her sign a contract, it sign meant, contract. it meant that I had given 
away all of my like um, rights or rights whatever. to this costume, which is absolutely stupid because you know that's I have physically made this costume that I put a lot of effort and time into, and that made me really upset to see that someone was claiming it as their own. But once again, that speaks on their character and yeah, not mine. Definitely. You know. Yeah. So if you like, if you want to, st- getting back on track because we just got super derailed. Oh yeah, but sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we, if you want to get into cosplay by buying a costume or commissioning someone else to make it for you, like do that. Absolutely do it, and especially support the people in the industry. Mm, give credit. Just give credit where it's due. They deserve exactly. it. People work hard for the things that they make. Yeah, you know, like you, you have people who work so hard to make these beautiful things, and you know, if you don't credit them, it, that just makes you look like a giant bag of dicks <laughs> yes yes um okay so the last thing i wanted to sort of talk about uh for today is in in wa we're not looking to sort of open our borders or get everything going until like first quarter of next who knows? year who knows <laughs> yeah so whenever but, the u.s sorts themselves out maybe. but that also means that like in theory mm. if we do have another convention or another small smaller convention mm-hmm. i guess next year What's that going to look like? Or it might be a case of similar to what they did with the world's competitions where any competition that's going to be held next year is going to be done digitally, whether it be Madfest or PAX or Riot or whatever. All of them might turn digital. What are your thoughts on that? To be honest, I'm actually quite excited for the possible future of cosplay because obviously we're going to have a lot more competitions um, held online, which means that, um, for example, people like us who are stuck in WA, which is really far away from all the eastern states, we can only attend so many conventions. But that means that if more competitions are online, we can make more costumes and able to enter more competitions and you know, kind of um, spread ourselves out more digitally in terms of being able to enter things. Like I, I entered a competition on a whim and I still won. <laughs> Um, That's right, yeah. yeah. What was this one? Um, Arda was doing a match your masquerade competition, which is basically you make a mask to match your this costume. This was last year, wasn't it? It was oh, this, this year. year. It was this, this year. year. This has been a long year. It's been a, you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, 2020 when it goes for like 600 months. <laughs> but it's almost over. Can you believe that? It's oh, October. please God, let it end. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, I'm really excited because it means that if there's a lot more online conventions it means that a lot more people can enter things and kind of get a bit more motivation to make more costumes for competitions okay like the people that want the opportunity to enter things that they wouldn't normally be able to enter have that now that's right yeah okay and then the last question is going to be if we do get our conventions back next year just like in-house, in-person conventions. What are you most excited about? Pocky and Ramonate now. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking wee, Jesus. Oh, yes, I'm so excited for Pocky and Ramonate and Glomps and Yowie Paddles. Uh, they don't exist anymore. They've been discontinued. Yeah, because people like broke their hip or something with yeah, the Yowie Paddles. Yeah, I, I watched the documentary oh, about Yowie Paddles. Yeah, yeah they're, they're banned worldwide. Um, that, I thought you meant that Pocky and Ramen didn't exist anymore. I was like, no. what? <laughs> I would commit Sudoku if that happened. <laughs> Fuck. Um, um, uh, when are you go- One day you might actually stop saying that. <laughs> it's kind of been that's, so and that's when you start that day getting, is not today. <laughs> that's when you start getting concerned when you stop saying all yeah. that shit. Yeah. <laughs> when you stop saying, like, Gamena, sorry. <laughs> it's, it's sorry, Nasai. Gamena, sorry. <laughs> 
Um, um, I'm just excited to see all my friends again because I mostly use conventions now as a big social meetup to see all, because obviously you know you have your group of friends it's like oh you know let's go to this person's house for movies or let's have a little party here but then if at conventions both basically like everyone everyone and I have like some of our you can glop states. everyone. <laughs> Some of our like Eastern States friends as well that like we don't get to see yeah. because they're in the Eastern States. And now that COVID's a thing, they're not even coming mm. here and we're not going there for cons. Like last yeah. year, I saw friends that live in Melbourne like two or three times because of back and forth. Mm. But this year, it's like we can't see more. I would be hanging out with all my Melbourne friends this weekend if I was mm. at PAX. Yeah, I am really grateful, though, for the internet and just being able yeah. to still reach out to people and be like, hey, I'm thinking about you. Are you OK? Like. Yeah, I'm, I'm just really grateful for the fact that we can still talk to people online, you know, through AIM and Skype yeah. and Messenger. We would have a lot AIM, worse. fucking like, <laughs> just go back to the MySpace days, why don't you? I love I'm going to drop you off my top six friends. <laughs> <laughs> MSN was my favorite. MSN. Yeah. No, but I think if this was happening, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, the level that it is happening, which mm. I mean, there was like the bird flu back in the day. But it didn't have so much of a global effect as it does now because we're so intertwined with Mm. each other. Now that we do have the internet and we have it at the level that we have it, it does mean that we don't miss out on as much as we would have been. Mm, We're a lot more connected, which is, I think it's it's a real blessing, you know. No, isolation drives you crazy. Mm, Absolutely. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you very much uh, for you two for joining me on our show tonight. Um, Did you want to sort of promote your own socials while we're here? <laughs> wow, uh, that was not pro- me for once. I know, I know. Did you want that to promote? Was, that was me promoting my socials. Okay, uh, cool. Well, thank you very much for <laughs> listening to our show. Be sure to like and follow okay. us and subscribe. And- I'm, I'm going to plug your socials. No. <laughs> Do it. Mercat cosplay. Yeah, not meerkat like some people like to say it. It's mercat like mermaid. Uh, yes, so mermaid cat. M e r c a t. And you can find her on Facebook and Instagram, I believe. Yes. Yes. Nice. And you can find Georgia at UG Cosmo. No. Wait, <laughs> shit. Oh, that's my dead name. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, but it, I will Georgia never Costumes. forget. Georgia Costumes on Instagram and Facebook. Um, but it's Georgia spelled G-I-O-R-G-I-A. Not, yeah, not like George. Yeah. Y-I-J-I. <laughs> I will never <laughs> forget. <laughs> Why won't you forget? You you might try and take it off the internet, but I will always remember. Uh, Well, thank you very much for joining us today and thanks for having a chat with us today, guys. Thank you for having us. Thank you. No worries. Hi, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you'd like to keep up to date with all future shows, be sure to like this video and subscribe to the channel. And while you're at it, why don't you follow our social media accounts so you know when the next video is going to be live and any behind the scenes stuff. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at AU. And again, thank you very much for listening and I can't wait to have you for the next one. Bye.